Hey, good morning, Chair City Church. How are you? Thank you so much. I really do appreciate your welcome, and a happy St. Patrick's Day to all. I'm part Irish. I'm part a lot, but I am really part Irish. My grandfather, who I adored, his, uh, he was Irish. I think his dad was from Dublin, and his mom was from Galway, so that's Irish, right? Now, what aggravates me is when I uh, said I get aggravated from time to time, right? So is when I set out to do something and it goes in a very different direction, uh, different result than what I intended to happen, you know? So uh, this past week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, different parts of the days, I was traveling down to Framingham to gather with a kind of a cluster of pastors, about 11 of us coming together, just sharing our hearts, pains, uh, victories, strategies. It's a really good time. And um, one of the nights I'm coming back and uh, I decided to run into Cumberland Farms to get a drink. And as I'm approaching the door, I, I see a, 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 a young woman, a young, uh, and, uh, and a, a, an older man. I'm pretty confident it's a dad and a daughter. So I kind of take a, a, kinda a few quick steps to get to the door, and I open it up, you know, smiling, you know, for them to come through. And say, here comes a girl, and she walks through, and she, she ignores me. And um, here comes her dad right behind her, and he ignores me. So now it's not exactly the kind of the human exchange I was gunning for, you know. I thought it would be a little bit more warmer, a little bit more encouraging. And so, you know, I, I kind of begin to smart a bit and words start to kind of form in my mouth and foam. And, and I kind of just shut it down. I just walk and I just move into Cumberland Farms, right. So th there's an idea, you know. It's not what I thought would happen, you know. Uh, sometimes you look at something, you, you consider how you think it's going to happen, and it doesn't land in that place. It lands in a different spot, right? Now, if you're living up to righteousness, to good ideals, well, then, really, you shouldn't mind where it lands, meaning you're living out life in a good way, in a, in a beautiful way. And that's, that's what, why we set out to do this series, which I believe next week is week 10. We close it out next week. Uh, and that's because we set out in January to say, okay, we want to live the beautiful life in 2019, each one of us. And, and we said, okay, we all have a different idea, a picture of what's beautiful, but God's given us this depiction, right, in the Bible. We go to a group of scriptures, of words, called the Beatitudes. These are statements that Jesus made, speaking to who we are when we believe in him. And then we go over to the fruit of the spirits. These are uh, words in Galatians, the fifth chapter, that speak to characteristics of the Spirit of God and, and, and what is evident in our lives when it's working through us and from us. And so what we're doing is we're taking each week a beatitude and a fruit of the Spirit in order, and we're linking them together. Now today we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, uh, verse 10, in Galatians five twenty-three. I'm going to hit on a difficult subject today. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try and balance how I approach this and be probably more than anything subtle about it uh, because I don't want to lose you. I might have, even the word difficult, I might, I think somebody just got up and ran to the bathroom. Okay, there you go. But, but, but just hang in there because it's just, it, it, it's, it's incredibly applicable. It's going to help you manage expectations. You form what it is to be a believer, even as you're living it out. And there's going to be something in here that I'm telling you for some of you, it, it's just going to, it's going to do, do a great work in your relationship. You'll know what I mean when I get there. 
So Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Galatians 5, 23 says, The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, when it says righteousness, it means for the right things, right? And the idea of persecution is someone coming against you, trying to stop you from, from doing what you believe in. And in this case, you're doing the right thing. Now, when you choose to live in a way that honors Jesus, that when you choose to follow Jesus, you can become, you might become a target because of righteousness' sake. Righteousness means more than just being good. It's living out your life for the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of pressure. It could be subtle, could just be blatant pressure to bring us to conform to culture, which is often inconsistent with living out our lives for the kingdom of God. Now, circumstances, people call us to do one thing, go one way. Jesus calls us, commands us to go another and at times, what do we do? Well, I think in our lesser moments, we cut corners. And what I mean by that is we try to fit in. And I, I, have, I have this conversation with my kids. I tell them, you know what? Just, it's like a square peg trying to get into a round hole, man. I said, don't cut corners. Don't try and fit in. Because when you try and fit in, you're going to cut corners to get that square peg to fit into that round hole. That's the only way it's going to happen. And let me tell you something, when you're cutting stuff, when you're, when you're cutting stuff off to fit in, you're probably cutting off the best part of you. You, you, you. You're cutting out what God has for you. You're really limiting yourself to only what you can see and what you think you can do. And you're changing yourself from this beautiful square that would glorify God to, to what, what you think everybody else wants to be and where the safest place is for you to land right now. I don't do that, man. I said, look, don't, don't distance yourself from that round circle. I said, stay the square peg and just come alongside the round circle. Kind of do a little gelling, if you will. Yeah, it's okay. Get really close if you, if you feel that's weak. But you know what? Do not cut corners. Do not, you know, separate yourself from what God has for you. Do not limit yourself and the potential that is in you to serve and to know God, huh? I mean, and we do that. We lop off that which is the greatest part of us because of temporary circumstances, right? And we're just, we're really already now tripping up our future. And because why? Well, because we're worried about that conflict. We're worried about some of that persecution. We're worried about the pushback for us to now really live out our life like a, shot, like a star in the universe glorifying God. Right now, as I'm speaking to you, across the world, thousands of Christians are being persecuted. I mean, and, and, I, and, and, not, and I mean like they're being killed. They're being murdered. They're being tortured. They're, they're in being imprisoned, as I'm talking to you. In the la- right now, year after year, modern times, we're seeing the, we're in the, greatest, we're seeing the greatest amount of persecutions against Christians the, the world has ever seen, as far as numbers-wise. Now, we're not seeing that here at this time. We're certainly seeing things that we had never seen before in our country, some things we never thought we would see or hear, but we're not at that place. But nonetheless, that's what's happening around the world right now. We follow 
Jesus. Jesus was persecuted for righteousness' sake. The cross which brings us our salvation, the greatest gift we have, that which is paramount in our life. Jesus gave that to us. It was Jesus who said, I did that and I do the, did the things I, I, I did what I, I gave my life on the cross and the things that I did was to please my Father in heaven. Right? Meaning, Jesus says, I live the beautiful life. Everything I'm telling you to do, I did. And they killed me because of it. They killed me on a cross because of all that I did. That was right. We live in a world that when we are living out our faith and honoring God, there's going to be certain points in our life where we are going to come into conflict with this world around us. And that could mean consequences. If we hold to that faith in a way that honors God, there could be consequence to doing so. Now, right now, those consequences are highly likely not as severe as losing your life, right? Or it's not. It's not costing us our life. Now, what's ironic is this, that following Jesus should cost us our lives, right? That's, that's right. Following Jesus should cost us our lives. I'm not saying necessarily that, that you should be put to death. But I'm saying that in following Jesus, we're giving up lifestyles. We're giving up preferences. We're giving up our plans. We're giving up our identity. We, we are just dying to all that way of being, and we're living for Jesus, yes? And when we do that, there's going to be conflict, right? So we don't want... So I'm telling you this because I want you to infuse into your narrative of what you think being a Christian is. This, this is so fundamental, Early on in our children's lives, Christian and I would sit there, uh, you know, and we'd read them, you know, like stories from, uh, like, the martyrs. We'd read to them about the Boxer Rebellion when Christians were slaughtered in China, when they were trying to rid, you know, we, 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 we would not shun them or hide from them the stories about Christians being murdered, being killed for their faith. I mean, as early as six, seven years old. Like, just get it out to them, man. I want that in them today. Understand this is the faith that they hold to. These people got us here. These are, right? This is part of their faith. Persecution and suffering and difficulty and conflict. You talk to my kids, they'll tell you about the martyrs. They'll tell you about people who were stoned. They'll tell you about people who were burnt. They'll, they'll, they'll share with you. They'll tell you their names. We, we, we had this like, where we'd go through a book on this date, you know, in Christian history, this happened to so-and-so. So I'm telling you that as your pastor, I want this to be part of your understanding, of your expectation of what it is to be a believer and a follower of Jesus, right? And now here's the thing. We, 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 we tend to run from this, right? Like we, we, we tend to, you see, I'm trying to really be careful, right? I'm trying to bring this vote in a way that it sets in on you. You don't just shut it out, huh? I have an accent problem. I don't have a stuttering problem for our guests. <laughs> Just a lot of buffering going on up here. Man. <laughs> so what happens is when we sense that there's going to be difficulty, we, we run. And, and, and what we run to, we just run to another 
situation, another circumstances where we get, we're going to turn around and lop off those corners. We're going to cut corners. We're going to make the concessions to accommodate the culture. And as we're doing that, we're really now slowly, we're cutting the diamond smaller and smaller and smaller. We're limiting ourselves so much and, we, and we're running. You know what we're running from? We're running from ourselves. That's what's happening. We're running from us and we just keep running. It really never ends. It's an insatiable journey. And it's not a good one. On the other hand, when we decide, you know what, I'm going to live for Jesus. I am going to turn around and hold to the faith and honor God. And, and, and if it means going into conflict, if it means potential suffering and consequences, then so be it. Yes? So be it. I'm going to do what is righteous because the kingdom of God is mine. When I take righteousness, I, the kingdom of God is mine. And now I'm going to run. I'm going to run to Jesus. And you know what? That's a short distance, man. And you run a short distance right into the arms of a living and a loving God. You run this much and you rest that much. And over there, you're running forever. And man, there is simply no rest. Come on now. It just doesn't stop. Run to your rest in Jesus. Hold to your faith. Live righteously. And this is the beautiful life we have in Jesus Christ. Right? And that beautiful life is going to put us into conflict at times around us. It's not something that we are comfortable with, right? You know, and, and I, and I kind of get that because we're immersed in a culture that's driven by comfort. And we are part of that culture, right? When you consider that Christians around the world are, as I said, being persecuted right now in some horrific ways, and maybe perhaps it makes it a little bit more tolerable, palatable, that when we experience some difficulties, maybe you could even file them under inconveniences or discomfort, that we are with them now in carrying this torch of truth to this world, to a broken world. And perhaps now we would be more, as we bring this all into our story in our head of what our faith is, we're more likely to be inconvenienced, right? To step into discomfort. We are talking every week about inviting somebody to church, huh? And, 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 and I'm sharing with you that, hey, you know what? Even though I understand you're, you're anticipating discomfort to invite people, it's not like you're saying, hey, I got two tickets to the Super Bowl, right? You're saying, would you like to go to church this Easter, huh? And, and, and so there's that kind of that pause as you anticipate a negative answer. There's that sense of discomfort, you know, in that. And who knows what else, where it would go, right? And, 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 and it's just not the right story you're telling yourself. Yeah, who knows where this could go? That that person's life could be changed, huh? You know, that, that could be the person that God's going to use to do incredible things. That God is going to use you in a wonderful way in that person's life. Man, it's just, it's so wonderful. But we're not, we just sense that discomfort, right? Even though the truth is statistically that over 50% of people that receive an invitation in East, to an Easter service in this country go to church. Ha, ah, yeah. And so what we're asking you is to step out and to invite people. Huh? I receive, I receive and we're praying for them. I got a text on my cell phone two days ago. From, it was from somebody in the church. And they said, Pastor... This morning at prayer, in our prayer group, as part of the church, we were praying for, the, for people on the list to come to church on Easter. And on that list was, some, was, a, was, a, was a family and friend, a friend, uh, was a friend of mine. 
and it was a friend of mine that was on the list and we prayed for them. She said it was six o'clock in the morning. At nine o'clock in the morning, the same morning, Pastor, that person texted me and asked me the name of the church I go to in Gardner. How incredible is that, huh? Well, don't be a part of someone's life being changed. Step out into that conflict and that uncomfortable thing, uncomfortable place. Take that card. You have a connection card. Write down the names of people that you want to invite for Easter. Put that card in a black box, and we are going to pray. We are compiling a list, and weekly we're going to that list. We're checking it twice, <laughs> and we're praying for people. We want to see people come to know Jesus this Easter, right? And you and I are God's plan A, huh? Now listen, the early church, they suffered and they grew, and they grew and they suffered, and they suffered and they grew, right? Because they kept sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people around them. They kept inviting people and calling people into their midst. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see, the, the the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, it's unacceptable to our culture, right? It's unacceptable to many people. And yet, you need to understand, you need to right now pause and just get, a, get some clarity and say, I can't have two kingdoms at the same time. You can't. You can only have one kingdom in your life. You, there can only be one being sitting at the, on the throne in that kingdom. So is it going to be your kingdom with you sitting on the throne, or is it going to be God's kingdom with Jesus sitting on the throne? What's it going to be, huh? Let have Jesus be sitting on the throne of the kingdom of your life. And that has been the truth all the time. When I say the kingdom of God is not acceptable to many, that's always been the case not only in the beginning of the church, but even when the church was accepted as law, even when the Christian uh, religion, if you will, or, or, or faith was considered the religion of the land. And you'd see, you know, people rise up in power. And it was the in thing to be a Christian. It was the thing to be a Christian. And all of a sudden, Christianity became distorted and marred. And in, in that circumstance, in that environment, there were people that kind of rose up and began to live out their life apart from that mess and, and, and trust and follow Jesus as he called us to. They were the desert fathers. They went out into the desert like, we're out of here. We're, we're, forget about these orgies and this mess and, and this corruption and all that. We're out of here. We're going out here. We're setting ourselves apart, and we're going to worship God. And now you had, then you had monks, and, and all throughout history, the, the point is there's always been persecution. There's always been difficulty. Anytime someone set out to say, I am going to live my faith to honor this, to honor God, to trust in Jesus and follow him as he's called me to, there was persecution. There was difficulty. Huh? Now, but at the same time, we've seen growth. And we see this not only corporately, but we see this individually. You're going to grow. You're going to grow exponentially. You're going to be a person you never thought you could be. You're going to be in places you never thought you could be. You're going to be doing things you never thought you would do. As you run to that battle, as I say. In the 1900s, Chris and I would talk with the kids. I mentioned about the Boxer Rebellion in the early 1900s in China, where the native Chinese people said, we want to rid our country of the influence of Western civilization. 
And a big part of that was Christians. And they began to set out to murder Christian missionaries and murder those Chinese people who held the faith and burn down churches and homes. It was horrific. Because they said, we will rid our country from this Christianity. And today, Christianity is exploding in China. It is growing rapidly. It's, it's being said that in the coming years, not far away, but soon, China will have the largest population of Christians in the world. Come on now. Huh? I mean, 120-something years later, you just can't, you, you can't eliminate Jesus, right? You can't rid this world of Jesus, huh? Because Jesus is king and Jesus is Lord. And we want to we, we know that this is what we're a part of, that we win, man, and we win big. And as we go towards the persecution, as we go towards being uncomfortable, as we go towards conflict, that we are on the winning side of this, huh? And that great things will come for us and to our kids and to those whose lives are attached to us. Do you hear me? I remember talking to uh, my friend a little while back. He uh, lives in Westminster. He's uh, Lebanese. We connect here and there through, through kid stuff. And he goes back to Lebanon every year. And he's a believer. And he says, Dave, what's happening over there is unbelievable. We've never seen anything like it. He said, on one hand, persecution is fierce, you know, meaning we're seeing it more and more. It wasn't like that always in Lebanon. You know, we were like kind of half Muslim, half Christian. Half. Now we're seeing a lot of persecution. At the same time, Dave, we're seeing so many people give their life to Jesus, meaning coming forward and saying, I want to be baptized. He said, he's a Catholic. He said, Dave, when I went there last time, I've never seen it. Dave, adults, like 500 adults were there in church outside, and they were being baptized as adults coming in. I want to be with Jesus. Amazing, huh? And that's, that's what we want for you here. What meaning with baptize? Meaning they're, they're coming, they're come, now maybe in Catholicism, there's a doctrinal element to this, but also as they're adults, truly it was a public profession, symbolic as well. And that's what we do here. We want you to be water baptized. We want you to come before your church. We want you to profess faith in Jesus. In doing so, that's what you're doing. And to symbolize what God has done in your life, that you're leaving the old life and you're coming forward now to follow Jesus. So I encourage you, if you've not been water baptized as an adult, to sign up for the water baptism. As Christy said, it's such an exciting time. It's a time of celebration. It's so momentous for you. Now as a follower of Christ, you have something to tack back to. I was baptized in this moment meant so much to me when it happened when I was 17, 18. I fell away from the faith for 10 years, but man, that moment hung with me. It was, it was just nothing could take that from me. So if you had not been baptized, I encourage you, step in to it with us, run to the battle, be water baptized. Jesus told us the kingdom of God will be unacceptable to those who do not believe in him. Here's the thing. Listen, persecution, it's going to happen. It is. Uh, again, I, I've experienced it to different degrees. Sometimes I just beat people to it. I'm like, I know what you're thinking here. Let's just talk about this. I do. I, I, I've done it when I've gone on interviews. I, I, I want to be careful about, you know, yeah, when I, I, when I went for my internship, I said, you know what, I, let's just put it on. Can I just put this out there? They said, what? I said, and I said, I said, I'm a minister. I'm a Christian minister. Um, clearly, I'm dedicating my life uh, to Jesus and, you know, and you've got to consider whether or not to bring me into your organization. And my thought is right now, you're, you, may, you just might be uneasy about that. 
and you know maybe there's a pause and there was just a there was a long pause and uh, I said I really I, I'd like the opportunity to talk about that if, if it's okay with you and they said well yeah let's talk and it was a good conversation because I, I understand that that exists at times right it was very productive, and, and I wound up having a, really a wonderful internship. The place was incredibly professional, and it was a, just a wonderful time in my life, right? But again, that's because this is part of my narrative. I, I'm not looking like I'm going to complain, oh, I didn't get you. I, I don't want to complain. I just want to understand that I'm, I, I, that I'm in the midst of conflict because I'm going, there's going to be some persecution because I'm a follower of Jesus. And by the way, I'm blessed because of it. I am blessed. Remember, blessed means happy, fortunate. I'm happy. I'm fortunate. I thank God for what he's called me to because this is the beautiful life. Yes? God is using all of this to guide Dave, to construct Dave, to be the person, the human being, the man he wants him to be. Huh? All right, so what's our response to, to things? Like, kind of in a sense, how do I respond? I ju- the response is gentleness, right? When we are persecuted, when we go into conflict, when we are seeing in the midst of having consequences because of our faith, what's our response? The response is gentleness because we have the Spirit of God living in us, and the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Huh? The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Be gentle. That's when Christianity stands out. That's when it is seen and it is set apart and most powerful when we are gentle. Don't follow the laws of escalation and proportion. Right? You you know what that is, huh? So you yell, I yell louder. You slap me, I punch you, right? Meaning it's not like people think, you know, it's going to be tit for tat. An eye for an eye. It never works like that. We don't equate one another's attacks. We increase, right? We outdo each other in attacking one another or when we get into it with people. Right? You see that in marriages, huh? So your spouse will say something to you that they don't like about you or that uh, irritates them about you. And then you'll come back and you'll top them because you'll say, well, not only do I not like this about you today, but earlier in the week you did this and this. And you remind them of some other things because now you got them. You're two to their one. Well, they'll come back and say, well, you know what? This year, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving, and so you did this, this, and this. I don't like that. You're like, oh, yeah? Well, since we've been married. <laughs> And you'll just keep, well, yeah, well, when you, we got a game. And you'll just keep going. That's, elevate, you're escalating. You're in, you're in a mode of escalation. You're, you're proportionally giving to each other. Back and forth. And yet God, Jesus says, we are. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Could you even right now pause and think about infusing gentleness into that conversation? Could you think right now, if you were to turn around and say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ, this is spiritual warfare, huh? and I am going to now bring in gentleness into this conversation with my husband, with my wife. Huh? I'm not going to go into escalation. I'm not going to give what they, I'm not going to give not only what they've given me, but more. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to do that with my children. Come on now. I'm going to bring in gentleness, right? This is what God is calling us to. This is the fruit of the Spirit. We as followers of Jesus always be gentle. 
always be gentle. And you know what's beautiful about the word gentle here? It's the same word, meekness, that, is, that was used earlier in the fifth chapter of Matthew by Jesus. By Jesus. It means strength under control. You're not weak. You're strong. Usually it's the person who's being aggressive that's actually weak because they're, they're afraid. They're, they're in fear. They're anxious. They're, they're actually quite fragile, which is why they're all over the place and grabbing at this and grabbing at that and trying to make sense of it. If they're a quick talker like I am, they'll, make it, they'll wrap it up really fast and make it sound really great. I almost did that last night. But my wife was incredibly patient, and I came around really fast, and we, had a, we worked through it really wonderful, didn't we? Right? Yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, this is doing just as good for me as it is for you. Huh? You see, they're, they're weak, they're fragile. You are gentle. You are strength under control. The living, loving God is with you, huh? That's why you can be gentle. You know that there's going to be difficulty, sure, in all of life. But you are, you've expected it. You're ready to manage your way through it by trusting it in God, yes? Don't take the bait. There, people are going to bait you out there, man. It's not like it's us against them and then against us. This is part of your humanity. This is the whole story. This is a story of a broken world that's redeemed by a living, loving God. We are in spiritual warfare. You're going to be baited. Don't take the bait, as I say. Pause. Be gentle. Let it come to you. Don't go out there aggressively attacking it and go back. Know who you are. In the face of persecution, don't meet it with anger, but with gentleness. You heard about St. Patrick. Ah, come on, man. It's an incredible story about a, a, a man, 16 years old, hanging out with his family, playing on the beach, boom, attacked by pirates. This, this is history, by the way, world history. Taken by the pirates, sold into slavery, gets into slavery, and in the midst of slavery, he says, he says I, I had this awareness of God come upon me. And in the awareness of God, I've realized my sins, he said, and that which I've done against a God. And I was drawn to, to God. And then he began to live out his life in the midst of slavery, loving God. And, and, and all the other slaves applauded him and, and, and were so grateful. No, they didn't. They made fun of him. They mocked him. They called him holy boy. That's what they, they would mock him. Hey, holy boy. How you doing, holy boy? And then one day that holy boy escapes, gets out, and gets back home, right? He was Welsh. Gets back home to Britain to to be with his family. Incredible story. He's there for a while, and while he's there, one night he has this dream. And in a dream, uh, this this person comes to him with a letter. and, And the words on the letter that stand out are, the voice of the Irish. And he realizes God is calling me to go back to this land of the Druids that we know is Ireland. And he says, I, I, his family's like, no, don't do it, you can't do it. They're, they're crazy, they're animals, they're vicious, man. They, they take their slaves and their prisoners and they weave them together like a basket and they light them on fire. And he says, you know, it's, it, I, I know they're, they're, they're going to insult me, they're going to mock me. They, they, they imprisoned him when he eventually got there. But all that said, you know what? 
I'm going to run to the battle. I know I'm going to be persecuted. And how am I going to handle this persecution? With a gentleness. And by the way, his gentleness did not begin when he got there. It began right there as he contemplated what God was calling him to. He was already being gentle in his thoughts of them. They need Jesus. I want them to know Jesus, huh? the Jesus that I knew. I want them to have that experience with God that I got because it transforms all circumstances. I've got peace. I've got joy. I had it in the midst of slavery. I got it here in England, and I know it's so true. It's so valuable. I'm going back there, huh? And I am going back there as a gentle man. And that gentle, loving man changed that country forever, yes? And that's what we celebrate, and that's what we're called to, right? This higher standard, this higher way of living, huh? Listen, when you bring aggression to the situation, you're only making the problem worse. When you bring gentleness to the situation, you're bringing resolution, huh? You're, you're, you're no longer part of the problem. You're actually bringing help to the problem, right? Jesus was gentle, huh? So I just want to move on this. Jesus took all the ugliness that the world would throw at him, including our sins. He took it on himself, and he was gentle. God is inviting us, all of us, filled by his Holy Spirit, to walk in this world, to take all this world is going to throw at us, to take it on and respond with gentleness, knowing that we are building the kingdom of God, knowing that when we do this, we're allowing the Spirit of God to work through us to touch people's lives and change the world around us. Some of you might have came in here today and you didn't didn't know Jesus. He he, he was not sitting on the throne of... uh, of God's kingdom in your life. Really, for the most part, your life is your kingdom with you up there. But then today, perhaps like Patrick, St. Patrick, you you have this sense of an awareness of God. Thoughts are coming into your head that really, where do they come from? They don't seem to fit or match anything else, but there they are, right? This sense is churning inside of you. It's God drawing you to him, God awakening you to your need of him, that you're aware. You're aware of that which is not well in you, and you're aware that there's a God, huh? And he's calling you, and yes, there's going to be persecution. And you know what? And you, he's going to equip you and enable you to respond with gentleness, unlike the way you maybe have been responding in so many different ways to all your life. Even some of you who are believers have keep responding in that way, but not today. Today you renew your relationship with God. You say, no more, no more, not today. I am a child of God. I am a follower of Jesus. I am blessed. I am happy. Because difficulty and challenge and persecution are going to come into my life. And because of that, the kingdom of God is mine. And knowing that the kingdom of God is mine and I am strong and there's nothing that this world has for me or that can take from me, I am going to be gentle. I'm going to be strength under control. I'm going to turn around. My life will be changed and I will change lives around me. And today I came in here not knowing Jesus, but I will not leave this place without giving my heart to him, without trusting him and surrendering to him. You want to take that connection card. It says, I have decided to have a relationship with Jesus. I am I'm renewing my relationship with Jesus. Check a box off. Take that card to the guest services table. They'll give you a package to, to give you traction, to get you going. Listen, do not accept the world's way 
of dealing with conflict anymore. Do not accept the world's way of dealing with the conflict that's going on inside of you. Listen, Jesus did not handle things with anger. and He did not. He just simply did not. Jesus was gentle. Even when he's turning, he was, oh, he was gentle. It's time for us to step forward as Jesus did. Today, know the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Today, decide I'm not going to be aggressive in my home. I'm not going to be aggressive with my children or my grandchildren. I'm not going to be aggressive with relationships. I am not. And I'm not going to justify it anymore. I'm going to be gentle. There's going to be persecution and conflict and difficulty and inconvenience, and it's not going to be comfortable. I am going to be gentle. Now, some of you are thinking, you know what? You, this, is, this is not reality. This is not reasonable. And I say, well, let me ask you this. If we're going to go to reason and reality, how is your aggression doing? What good is coming from your aggression? Do you engage relationships around you with aggression? And then you go into the bathroom and say, that's me, baby. Do you engage those around you with aggression? Or when even people are, are say things towards your faith or politics or anything and you respond with aggression, do you turn around and take the selfie? No, you don't, do you? You know, you don't, you, it, do you feel good? Do you feel blessed? Do you feel, absolutely not. Why? Because you're behaving in a way that's inconsistent with how you were created to be and who you are in Jesus. Listen, God's gentleness at work in your life and in my life is going to change your life and my life. To God be the glory.